Thanks for tuning into the Water Boys podcast. Have you ever heard about Anchor? Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. They have all the tools that you need to record, edit, and distribute your podcast. Go to their website or download their app today to get started. What's going on? Welcome back to the Water Boys Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in today for episode four of the Water Boys, formerly known as the Table Talk Podcast. We have got a great episode coming up. And hey, if you haven't checked out our last episode, go check out our last episode interview with uh, Connor Wade, uh, Seattle Mariners organization pitcher. Great episode, wasn't it, Steve? It was a great um, Steve, how are you? I am doing great. Uh, it's a great week. It's yes. a great day. Oh. Great day to film a podcast, honestly. Yes, it is. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Excited for the lineup we have today. Um, coming off of lap- last episode, really enjoyed yeah. the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you go check that out. For we sure. plan to have more in the future. We're working on setting some of those up now. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, just coming off of that, ready to roll. Ready, ready to, to dive back in and get another episode Good out. thing you're ready to roll because I'm ready to rock. There you go. Hey, and it's almost the weekend. <laughs> it it's is Thursday. almost weekend. It you is Thursday. You can smell it. Smell it in the air. Yep. So we're getting close, but we're going to start off this episode with a few of the hot topics that are going around the sports world. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting with my personal favorite, Major League Baseball, bum, 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 I've bum, got bum. some news. And share. if you haven't heard already, Do the share. Phillies manager and the Angels manager, uh, Phillies Joe Girardi, Angels Joe Madden, have been relieved of their duties this early into the season. Um, a little bit shocking, but also these are moves that are warranted, I would say. Um, the Angels started out, and we mentioned in our first episode, Angels started out having a great season. Uh, good start. They were well on their way to uh, maintaining that first place spot in the AL West. But since then, they are on a terrible losing streak, losing 14 straight games, including last night's um, game where they actually included Nickelback songs for all of their walk-up music. I'm not really sure why, because it kind (laughs) of seems like a bad time to make jokes yeah almost like, it's almost like a joke because yeah it, yeah i don't know that just seemed like a bad time but anyways um the angels are on a terrible losing streak right now they're currently 27 and 31 after um a great start of like 24 and 13 so joe madden was relieved to his duties and um interim head coach or interim manager phil Nev- nevin has taken over and uh we'll see if he can turn around for the Angels. Also, in some other news for the Angels, uh, Mike Trout is a little banged up with a groin injury right now, um, and their bullpen has been terrible. So, yeah, it's all falling apart for the Angels. Mm. And then on the other side, you have the Philadelphia Phillies, who are 27-29. and 29. Um, They are underperforming as well. They are currently on a six-win streak, which is a little odd to fire your manager during that. But... Um, since the acquisition of people like Bryce Harper, um, Nick Castellanos, they've just underperformed the past few years, and that's been at the hands of Joe Girardi. So those two managers have been relieved of their duties. Uh, they've been very disappointing in their tenures there um, because there's so many stars on these teams. I mean, just look at the Angels alone. You've got some of the best players in baseball, and you repeatedly cannot make the playoffs. Um, similarly with the Phillies, you've made big trades, you've made free agent signings, and you're playing in a competitive division, but still not succeeding. So um, that's kind of the big headlines in Major League Baseball right now. But it leads me to the question of uh, what the solution is for teams that are struggling like this. Is the solution to put the blame on the managers kind of use them as a scapegoat or does the blame fall on the team or front office instead where do you think Mm. is the right place to put the blame is it fair to put it on the managers when they don't win like this Mm. this is a good question steve 
Um, is it fair to put it in the managers? Short answer, no. Long answer, maybe. Okay, I'd <laughs> like to hear why. Uh, short answer, mm, well, it. I say short answer, I mean, in a short term, no. If you haven't given the manager enough time to make different moves and decisions, then no, I don't think it's fair to fire the manager because he's probably still fixing or changing things from the previous manager and hasn't maybe gotten a chance to make the moves that he wanted to. Um, that's one option. But then if you have a manager who's he's been there for, I don't know, a season, two, and, you know, actually I take that back. I think the buffer's three seasons. I think three seasons is a good number to say, you know, if someone doesn't, you know, meet, you know, our expectations within three years, then it's warranted to fire him. I think that's that's where I land on that. I think that's fair. Um, and I think both these guys have been there about four years. Oh, yeah. Um, Give them the boot. Yeah. Heck, yeah, last year. <laughs> um, well, I guess this would have been, like, their fourth season. I would have to go back and look. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. There needs to be a threshold, at least, for you have this amount of games or this amount of seasons to turn around. Um, but I mean, both of these guys have had a lot of success in Major League Baseball. Both are World Series winners. Um, Joe Maddon with the Cubs, Joe Girardi with the Yankees. And so we know they're not bad managers. I mean, they've been able to help build teams, help build winning teams. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of sad to see, you know, what their careers are kind of turning into, um, when they were brought in to revamp a team and kind of almost, yeah, put them into contention again. Um, so, yeah, I think some of the blame can be put on the managers, but I don't think it's fair for all of it to be put on the managers because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there is a front office, there's the president of baseball operations, there's there's a whole bunch of people that are making these decisions to form these rosters to become World Series contenders. Mm-hmm. And both of these teams... Their front offices has not done so, especially with the Angels. I mean, the easy thing to do is look at how they've supplied pitching over the years, and they just haven't. And as we can see with teams like uh, the Yankees, for example, who've boosted their pitching in the past few years, their starting pitching is incredible this year. Their bullpen has been great for several years. The Angels don't have that. Their bullpen, I think I saw a stat somewhere that – like from the seventh inning and on their average bullpen or run average is like over seven runs. So they're just Yikes. getting killed after they're starting pitching. So if you're going to win games, you can't have that. You can't not have somebody or five people to go close out a game for you. It's just not going to work. And you can have all the talent in the world on the offensive side, but when it comes to pitching, that's going to carry you far. And the Angels haven't done that. The Phillies are better at it. Um, but I feel like their bullpen is kind of in a similar situation. It's not as bad as the Angels, but um, but that all starts with the front office. So I think front office needs to be blamed a little bit more than they do get blamed. Um, managers put together lineups. Um, they talk with the front office. But at the end of the day, um, they're not making all of these business decisions. So um, I feel for them a little bit. Steve. Yes. I'm going to interject. Go ahead. With a scenario. Then I want you to tell me which one is better. You just talked about how you can't win with seven or however many guys close in the game or whatever and not have a good bullpen. So, what wins the game? An out of this world bullpen and no offense? Or an out of this world offense with no bullpen? Ooh, that's tough. That is tough. That's really tough. I'm going to say... I'm going to say out of this world bullpen. Because if your offense can get you three runs a game, Mm -hmm. your pitching can hold you there. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I think it's more valuable to have pitching in the long run. Especially if you're going to have a deep... um, like a deep run into the playoffs or something mm-hmm. like that. You've got, you know, let's say a safe 
four to seven arms that are really reliable that can go into any game and hold it there for the um for them and just not give up a lot of runs I think that's more valuable in the long term than having you know an offense that can put up seven eight runs a game but that's just me Mm -hmm. I think there's there's people that um that's kind of more of an old school view I feel like um you mean old school mean like you would rather have the pitching yeah yeah I think a lot more people these days are kind of focused more on um like the offensive side of baseball and how many runs you can score and Mm -hmm. make sure that you're leading in all categories of average OPS slugging that sort of thing that's going to win you the games but I don't think that's the case I think it obviously it helps and it's fun to watch but pitching is the unsexy more reliable way to win the World Series right here first all it takes is a good bullpen all it takes (laughs) all it takes well yeah it helps (laughs) um yeah so that's kind of a little bit of a rundown Mm-hmm. Um, certainly an eye-catching headline for the, both of those guys to be fired within just two days of each other this week. And so um, I'm sure they'll be scooped up along the line somewhere else, both very um, well-known, um, great managers, have had lots of success, success, like I mentioned. So I'm not worried about them. They shouldn't be worried. Of course, they're disappointed, but, um, yeah, they'll, they'll find somewhere else to be. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, moving on to NBA. That's CBS. That's CBS. College basketball. Oh, bring it back. Bring I it do back. miss college basketball. We were not on the podcast I for know. last year's I know. And we basketball. love talking some college basketball. We do love talking college basketball. Um, when the time comes. Last year was a rough year. Well, no. I, no, I called it a success. I called it a success. You mean for Duke? Yeah, I called it a yeah. I called yeah. it a success. I told him. I told myself if we made the Final Four that we were, uh, I would I would mark it as a success. And they did that. Obviously, a rough loss to Carolina in the Final Four. But hey, Carolina lost in the end, so it's all right. good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Duke. A Final Four for Duke still seems. Not enough. Not enough, which is crazy because yeah. most teams don't see Final Fours in like fifty years. <laughs> yeah, once so like, every yeah, once every fifty years. So yeah, I mean, for you to call that a success, I think that's a a humble Duke answer. Yeah, oh, I appreciate gosh. that. Yeah. I'm glad you're not like, oh, that's so disappointing. I mean, the only disappointment came, like I said, came out of losing to Carolina in that game. Right. I would have much rather lost to somebody else. Um, but yeah. Is like I said, as long as Carolina lost that championship game, <laughs> that was good. And it Huge was it <laughs> was fantastic to see. Uh, don't get me wrong, I was shaking in my boots there for a little bit, <laughs> but then uh, Carolina choked. Yeah, but it looks like Carolina's got a lot of players coming back. Yeah, so Carolina returning everybody. Yeah, um, it's kind of wild. Biggest kind of makes being, me mad. I know. Really hoping Jay Shire has a, a big year. But, yeah, uh, we'll see. I think they'll still be fine. Yeah. The the problem with Duke every year is just they're young, but yeah, that's because yeah, that's a lot of people's problems, unfortunately. Yeah, it which is. is another topic for another day. Another day. Definitely. We mentioned that last a week. A hot I think. topic. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. We did. We did. We went it's, on a rabbit trail, but hey, it's all good. It's all good. But yeah. circling back, NBA, NBA finals game three was played last night, June eighth. It was a great game. Uh, we had. The Celtics returning home, uh, first time since 2010 that we saw a finals matchup in the Garden. Mm. And I'll tell you what, it felt right. Uh, Playoff basketball, finals basketball back in the Garden with the Celtics. You're an NBA fan, man? No, 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 no. I'm a (laughs) nostalgia fan. Yeah. And I know it's a historic place. And the last time we saw it was that Lakers-Celtics finals that went to Game 7, Lakers 1-7, and and... That was a great finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it was just cool to see it again. The place was electric. Uh, Boston showed up for that. Um, and they were in it from the tip-off to the very end. The crowd was going nuts. It was a great atmosphere. I loved it. Um, so the Celtics came out on top in game three. And um, it was a great, perform- a great team performance, really. No one person 
like scored 50 points or anything. Uh, but we saw a great play from Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, all scoring over 20. And another guy that provided a huge spark uh, was Robert Williams. He controlled the paint, grabbed key rebounds on both sides for the Celtics. And, um, yeah, he was just huge for them to kind of control that tempo. And the story of the game uh, was the way the Celtics scored up close and outscored the Warriors 52-26 to in the paint. So part of this was because of, of course, Robert Williams, um, but also Jason Tatum's ability to drive and finish at the rim. And watching that game, I was amazed by Mm -hmm. his abilities to drive, uh, create shots, finish at the rim. And they're even saying, the commentators were even saying that, you know, in past games we saw Tatum go up and play for contact, play for fouls. But tonight, or last night, he was finishing for he was trying to finish to score he Mm -hmm. wasn't trying to finish to get contact or anything and so to see him do that um sometimes with two to three guys on him and Mm -hmm. still get it to go was incredible so yeah he learned all that from yeah wonder where (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah he he was playing insane um and i think that's just going to be the name of the game for the celtics because uh you're going to have mismatches um, because of the size differential. Um, but the Warriors typically go with a smaller group on the floor um, just because they're more offensive-minded, and that's going to create some problems when the Celtics do take over the paint and drive a lot like they did last night. So it's fun to see. And then for the Warriors, Steph Curry scored 31 points and had six threes, while Klay Thompson had a better game. Uh, he scored 25 points, uh, but he was still not as dialed as he usually is. But we saw in game two, he just had a terrible performance. So it was good to see him hit some shots um, in game three. And then Draymond Green, um, who... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there's a little bit of drama coming out of game two, going to game three, between him and the Celtics. And then, of course, the Celtics fans just kind of jumped all over that. Um, Those Boston fans. Yeah, but Draymond Green had a terrible night, scoring only two points. Um, I think he had like five rebounds and four assists, and he fouled out midway through the fourth quarter. So, terrible game from Draymond. Can't have it. And the Celtics definitely let him hear it. Um, And then he was, of course, chirping with the refs and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, typical Draymond. But before you get to the question, Steve, I know you have a question. Yeah. Um, I saw a headline that said that Curry was the underdog in this, as in not the best player in the series. Um, And it was saying that Tatum could be, you know, the better player in this scenario. And you were just talking about, you know, Tatum, you know, improving from game to game and being a, a dominant force. But then you also said Curry had 31 points. So the question is, is... Jason Tatum the better player and is Curry the underdog in this matchup wow good question I think I think there's definitely ways you could argue for both sides yeah um my initial instinct when you asked it was that yes Steph Curry is the underdog but that's just because we saw what the Celtics did to them last night Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I think last night was just, even though Steph scored 31 points, um, he really only had the third quarter that was really good. He scored 15 in the third, mm. and then the rest was just kind of spread out around there. Um, but overall player, man. That's tough. That's really tough. I I want to still lean with Steph because he's the experienced guy in this. Yeah. And even though the Warriors haven't looked their best all series, he's still been very consistent. And, um, yeah, I mean, game one especially coming out and getting six threes in the first quarter um, and just doing what he does, I think I would rather that on my team. And so I don't think – yeah, I don't think the Celtics are in a position where – they force Steph and the Warriors to be the underdogs here. Um, I still, I would still take Steph. What about you? I'm gonna disagree partly. Um, not just because I lean 
I don't really like any West Coast players or teams, but uh, taking that out of the picture, uh, while Curry is a champion, he is an all-time, you know, he's an all-time player, not an all-time top five. Don't get it twisted, people. (laughs) Um, I think he is not at his peak right now, Um, and... Therefore, I, th- I think Jason Tatum is, if not at his peak, he's almost there. He's playing top-notch ball. He has been uh, for the past couple of years. So in this scenario, I'm taking Tatum. He's the better player right now, therefore making Curry the underdog right now. Uh, obviously, if you're looking at big picture, Curry's the better player. Um, but in this current moment, he's not. So it's Jay Tate's. Fair enough. I think it's interesting... Um... You mentioned, like, the peak of their careers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say that Steph has already peaked? Would you say he's starting to decline now? Or um, would you say not quite yet? He's 34 years old. No, I'd, I'd say he's on the decline. Really? Uh, you know, they had those couple years where they were, I think they won three out of four. I believe, I think it was. Three yeah, out of four championships, something like that. Something crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, NBA equals Warriors. That's basically what it was. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I say he's, I mean, it's just, it seems like a little bit of a slower decline. Like he's not playing bad basketball. Um, but he, he seems like he, uh, he gets, he can get hurt a little, little easier these days. Um, and he's just, I mean, they also, they had a great team back then too. So not taking anything away from the team, but, um, I think back then was probably some of his peak years, so I would say he's he's on the start of the decline. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I think Jason Tatum is at his peak or yeah. like just now getting into his peak. Yeah. I think if they win this finals here, that's kind of his step into being at the top of his game. Yeah, but I would agree. Good for, or lucky for him, He's still super young. Yeah. And so his peak could last a long last a long time. He's only twenty four years old, which is mind boggling to me. Yeah, that's um wild. so I mean his peak could last for the next He's the same age as me, years. man. What the heck? Yeah. And we're making give a me, podcast. Give me the league. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. Um but yeah, it's uh that's a that's an interesting discussion because yeah. I don't think people are ready for Steph Curry's decline. Yeah. Um inevitable he's 34 like you said he gets a little more banged up even last night um towards the end of the game he got rolled up on mm-hmm. by Andre Iguodala yeah. and was limping around so something keep your eye on I think he'll be fine but um yeah just something to keep your eye on going into game four for Friday night um you know who's definitely him. at their peak who LeBron James LeBron oh gosh dude that man oh <laughs> 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 uh, I Seems like you got some thoughts up in there. I just don't know what to do with the Lakers and LeBron. And it's a weird situation. I think at this point, he's more of a liability in the league because he's mentioned. Hot take. I mean, okay. He's mentioned multiple times that he wants to play with Bronny someday. Yeah. Now, two things. First of all, Bronny isn't that good no he's not okay like not even close he's he's a great basketball player but most kids his age are already talking about one and done and they're already you know committed to the dukes the north carolinas the gonzagas where is he a senior i think he's i think he's going into his senior year okay and i don't know if he's committed anywhere yet but he could also do that um the nba g league yep thing which I think is even worse than going yeah. one and done. Yeah. Um, it's more of like a devel- developmental um, route into mm-hmm. the NBA, but you have to go through that and then the G League and then the NBA. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a windy way. But, yeah, I think – so, first of all, where, what was I saying? Oh, for two reasons. So, he wants to play with Bronny. Mm-hmm. Bronny obviously is not – a NBA caliber yet. Yet. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So I mean you're saying let's say okay, he has one more year of high school. Let's say he goes to college. Mm-hmm. Let's say 
he does one year at college, one year at high school, gets drafted, and goes to a team in three years, okay? Yep. So that's a three-year timeline. Not even guaranteed that he'll play by then. Could yeah. just be a fringe player. Could even be a G League player. Mm-hmm. LeBron's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. He's going to be 40 by then. We're seeing his body decline. He's going to lose a step at some point. Yeah. If he hasn't already. And you think that teams are going to hang on to him for three, maybe four, maybe five years just so that he can play with his son? Yeah. So That's quest- a liability in my opinion. Yeah, it is. So if I'll I'll put it back on you. You're the front office of a team who may be a struggling team. Um, do you take Bronny? Well, you say you take Bronny, or no? Let me step back again. You don't. You're thinking about taking Bronny, but obviously LeBron. Big. I don't. I don't know how much weight he pulls around the NBA. I'd say like, he pulls tons of weight. Okay. So say you get Bronny, and do you take and out of prime decaying old LeBron <laughs> um with Bronny just to get Bronny. No. You're, no, no, no. I I I play long term. So do you think teams are cuz I feel like you say he pulls a lot of weight around there. Do you think they take the chance on Bronny because his dad wants to play with him? I mean, I think it's a it's a smart marketing move to get people there. Mm-hmm. But for a long-term play, no, because you're probably going to sign LeBron to a one-year contract just mm-hmm. so you can check that box and say he played with his son. Mm-hmm. You're signing a, what What do we say, three- to five-year timeline. Let's say you're signing a 41-year-old LeBron James. That's four years away. Yeah, A lot can happen between there. He could be, I don't know, he could barely be, be able to run down the court. We'll never know. But <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, you're... Not, not sorry. That sounded bad. Not to like, <laughs> hope he like Probably. he becomes a cripple. But no, no. But I'm like, getting sick of seeing. But yeah, I don't. I don't want to take that chance at all because I want to. If I have the chance to build up my team, mm-hmm. and set it up for the long run, I'll take. You know, let's say ten years of success with yeah, this person, rather than a year of great revenue, great sales, fun atmosphere because you have. LeBron James, LeBron James Jr. on your team. Yeah. I just, that doesn't appeal to me. I think yeah. it's cool. It's going to make for a good story. But when that's over, then you're just sitting there empty-handed with a wasted year on your hands. Yeah. Um, so. Interesting. We'll see if uh, LeBron James ruins his, ruins his son's career before it can even get started. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I, I yeah. How bad do you think he actually wants to play with him? Do you think he'll ruin his son's career or chances of, you know, maybe signing with a team if, like, there's some kind of pressure from LeBron. Nah, I don't think so. I mean, everyone's goal is ultimately to get to the NBA, so if he has that chance to go, I even yeah. if his dad wasn't in, in the NBA, I think he'd still take that chance. But, yeah. um, mm. so I don't see him, I don't see him ruining his son's career or anything, but. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I guess we'll only I time will tell. I if I gave my second opinion of why I think it's a liability. It might have run together, but <laughs> sorry. That's okay. I think we got our point across. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail on LeBron and the Lakers. Um yeah, the Lakers are in trouble as well. That's another yeah, thing. They're garbage. They are. Um but anyway, so game four will take place on Friday, June tenth, tomorrow. And the Celtics go into it with a two to one lead. Mm. Um, are the Warriors in trouble yet? Do you think? Hmm. We saw, you know, a back and forth game, game, or sorry, we saw a lopsided game, game one, where the Warriors were ahead a lot and then they blew the lead and then they lost. And then we saw a back and forth game in game two until the Warriors pulled away. And then last night it was basically all Celtics. So um, it hasn't been a consistent theme yet. Um, so I don't know if it's fair to say are the Warriors in trouble, but do you think they are? No, I think no. I don't think it's time to panic just yet. I mean, it's only one game lead. Um, I think I think Curry confirmed that he was going to play. Uh, I know he had a little bit of an injury there at the end of uh, Game Three. Um, no, I don't think it's time to panic. I think though, it. I think this goes down to seven. So I think they grab a a game or two. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think they still they're still in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Celtics are surprising me though. I thought yeah. they'd be competitive, but I thought the Warriors would um, control this series pretty well. It's a pretty even series. It is. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Celtics are a lot of fun to watch. A really scrappy team. I love that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, what the Warriors need, they need more consistent play from Clay and Draymond. Um, we saw spurts of Clay shooting well last night, but I mean, Game Two was terrible. Last night was still not great. Um, and then Draymond just, uh, he's got a lot of issues. And so that like <laughs> that, the big I don't know if you call the big three, of, the core three, I'd the say. core three. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a great term. That core three is kind of uh, we talked about it with Curry a little bit. It's on the decline. Yeah, I'm a little yeah, I'm a little surprised. Clay never went to play anywhere else. I wonder if he will to kind of finish out his career, or if, he, or if he's a warrior for life. Hey, maybe. We'll see. He's not been the same at all since his, since uh, his injury. Since his injury, but yeah, I don't. I think he's. They're just all getting old, man. Yep. We shall see. But yeah, NBA is winding down. Mid June, almost. Um, very long season, but yeah, yeah. Good series. Great series. I'm excited for the rest of it. Great series. We'll stay tuned on that. Um, But, Steve, it's time to move on to a very hot topic. Yes. Get your oven mitts because it's coming out hot, (laughs) piping hot. Uh, It's the PGA and the Saudi League. Um, And, Steve, there's one thing, one way that we can uh, be PGA tour golfers, and that's to look good. I don't like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna restart that. You're muted. Yeah. Oh. Okay. What was the thing? I'm gonna say, Steve, it's golf season. And Steve, it's golf season, which means it's time to gear up from head covers, apparel to apparel and accessories, pins and aces. They've got all of us covered with quality gear to style up. Your game, and with free shipping in the U.S., you can't go wrong. Go to pinsandaces.com and use our code ten, or not, not our code's not ten. Uh, use our code for ten percent off your order. The code is in the description. It's a long one. Golf dash zf zero u three. Use the code and get you some sick gear for this golf season. Just a side note. Sure. Their gear actually really is sick. Yeah, it is. Like, I was looking <laughs> through it, and, like, we're not just saying this. Like, first of all, it's high quality. Yeah. And also, it just looks good. Like, golf is very traditional. Yeah. And can be boring. But a lot of their gear, it gets rid of that stereotype. And it's actually yeah. really cool. So, yeah. it's a lot of fun to be able to kind of spice it up a little bit from mm-hmm. your from your bag all the way to your fit. Um, you got to look good on the course. So it's a great, it's a great way to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, But Steve, PGA Tour, it seems to be in shambles. Yeah, I was about to say, what PGA Tour? Yeah. Does it exist anymore? Yeah, so the news broke that, uh, I don't know if this is yesterday, which would be Wednesday, Um, Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau have defected from the PGA (laughs) Tour uh, to go to the Saudi League. And then this morning it came out that the PGA Tour would be indefinitely suspending all the memberships of the players that left the PGA Tour to go play in the Saudi League. Um, and the Saudi League started today. So um, a lot of headlines to kind of cover here. Um, the first one is Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau. Steve, I told you this when we started. Goodbye, Patrick Reed. I uh, couldn't care less. Not a Patrick Reed guy at Not all. Not a Patrick Reed guy. Don't like him. Uh, good riddance. Have fun. <laughs> um, and Bryson DeChambeau. See, if you said it a little bit earlier, uh, he's an interesting guy. I've, I'm not not a fan, um, but I wouldn't say I'm a fan either. He's, he's kind of annoying to me. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not at all. Yeah. Not, he's like... Yeah. I don't know how to describe him. He just got this attitude and, like... He's... So, if I remember correctly, I feel like we had a discussion similar to this on the... Call the first season, the first show we did, Table Talk. Yeah. Um, He's just different for golf. Yeah, he is. And I don't know if it's a good different. 
Um, like here I was just saying like sometimes golf is traditional and boring, but sometimes you need that. Yeah. And I don't think Bryson really, I don't know, his, his, he just, it just doesn't fit. Like his attitude, um, you know, what we see with the media and then also just his style of play. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like it. And so I'm kind of with you with the Patrick Reed. I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Couldn't care less about Patrick Reed. Um, and obviously earlier, well, I think last episode we talked about it. Dustin Johnson is also so three huge name, three pretty big names, and then obviously Phil has always kind of been in this uh, scenario. Three kind of scenarios. Uh, if you look at um the past couple years for Bryson, Patrick Reed, and Dustin Johnson, um, they haven't been great, Steve. This past year, Bryson DeChambeau, his best finish is a tied for 25th. Uh, his second best finish is tied for 58th, and his third best finish is cut. So, Gosh. <laughs> yeah, talk about a horrible start to the season. Um, Patrick Reed, not bad, tied for second, tied for seventh, tied for 15th, and then Dustin Johnson, fourth, ninth, and tied for 12th. So, not great seasons, Steve. And the first kind of question I have is, do you think – we talked about this a little bit last uh, week too. Is the bad play driving these guys somewhere else? Do they want a fresh start? What do you think it is about – do you think the play has anything to do with it? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think um, whether it helps or not, I think that a change of scenery is what these guys think that they need. I think maybe – what they feel in the PGA tour is that it's repetitive. Um, it's probably taxing, um, playing as much as they do. And if you're not winning those weekends seem even worse. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe they just need a change of scenery. Um, they need a new, uh, league with new, um, officials and everything running it. So I think they think a change of scenery will do well for their careers. Now, they are sacrificing a lot for this. Yeah, um, I hope it works. Yeah, it's it's a definitely an all-in play. Um, but I think the Saudi League recognizes that, and that's why they're supporting these um, golfers with multi-million dollar contracts. I mean, we saw Phil get, what, $200 million? Yeah. So, and Tiger said that his offer was... Bigger than that. Yeah, I think it was... Some maybe people say it was, it was close to a billion. Holy moly. Yeah, but he turned it down. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Good for him. (laughs) Good for him. Uh, Also, Tiger did say that he won't be playing in the U.S. Open. Yeah. 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 So. He just let the body heal. We're talking about it. Is it money? I mean, it has to be. I mean, if you're getting, we're we're not getting many numbers out there. Yeah. Um, It's kind of staying under the radar, except for Phil's. But these reports are saying huge deals, multi-million-dollar deals, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's golfers make a lot of money, and I think money is probably the driving factor of a lot of this. Yeah. Um, so you're saying it's a combination, combination well, of money one leads and to just, the other. Yeah. Play bad play leads to not much uh, money, which yeah. leads to the transfer. Um, so there's a little bit more guaranteed. Reward yeah. here. I'm a little bit confused on, um, like everyone's saying, oh, the purses, uh, the prize money for these events are so much bigger than the PGA Tour. Um, but, I mean, that's what happens when you only have, like, I don't know, 10 events. I don't know how many events they have. It's yeah. not nearly as many as the PGA Tour has. PGA Tour plays every single week for uh, a majority of the year. So, that's. That kind of makes me mad. Yeah. The prize money is really not that much bigger. If you spread it out among all the events, I mean, you'd probably be looking at the same, maybe yeah. more, because it seems like, you know, there's a lot of money being thrown around here, but that doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Um. Uh. So we talked about it. The PGA indefinitely suspends all the players who have left or abandoned their PGA Tour memberships, and they suspended them. Steve, is it the right move, the wrong move? Uh, what kind of move is it to suspend the players? I think it's the right move. Um, it seems tough, but 
PGA needs to establish themselves as the league to be in. Um, and so they're obviously feeling the heat a little bit from guys like DJ and uh, Patrick Reed and Bryson all leaving. Um, so, yeah, they're feeling the heat a little bit, so they need to establish what the consequence is. Mm-hmm. And I think they did just that. And I think that's a fine penalty. Um, yeah, I, I guess suspend means, you know, it's not out of question that they can come back into the tour at some point, um, but it would probably be some long process. Um, do you think the PGA Tour has the right to suspend? I do think they have the right to. Um, they supply these membership cards, mm-hmm. and you know they can do what they want with these players because yeah. they are technically under con- contract. They are under ownership by the PGA Tour, it seems. So for them to be able to relinquish their cards and put them on suspension from the tour, yeah, I think... I think that's a fine move. I think they're able to. Yeah. And to the contract thing, um, we we're I was a little bit confused about it last week. Um, the players are deemed independent contractors. So they're it's almost like like you hire an independent contractor to like do a certain job for you. Like I guess you could they're sort of not hired, but admitted by the tour. Mm-hmm. Um and the tour is a private organization, so I agree with you. They do have the right. They can admit and deny anyone they want to. So, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. There's no legal action that can be taken. Is it the right move to suspend them? You said yes. I, I think I agree with you. I although I feel like maybe because they are independent contractors, they should be able, you know, without penalty to. Um you know, go to a different league if, if that's what they choose to do. But then again, on the other hand, the organization can choose what they want to do because you're you're disposable, I guess. It's, yeah. They don't, they don't own you, and you don't own them, so they can do what they want. Um, so, yeah, interesting situation for sure. Yeah, do you think if for some reason some of these guys that have had tough seasons so far, do you think if that continues over in this Saudi league, um, they're tough play. Do you think that they try to come back to the PGA Tour next year? Let's say they play their 10 events, and, yeah, they can't finish in the top 10. Yeah. Because um, it's a smaller field, so I feel like top 10 is a pretty – Yeah. It's a realistic goal. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know what it'll look like. I don't know what – I know, obviously, you said it's not out of question for them to come back or not. Um, I don't – I don't know what happens. I don't know if they'll be able to. I don't know if they'll have to pay a fine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. See, yeah. It's tough. So, my, so for some reason, my gut instinct kind of tells me that this league is going to fold after a season. Like, I don't know. I it, could see. First it. of all, it just yeah. kind of popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's overseas, and we also didn't think it was that much of a threat to the PGA Tour. Yeah. But also, they're throwing around all this money, offering these multi-million dollar contracts, larger purses, in quotes, as they say, mm-hmm. um, when they're really not that much larger. But they're throwing all this money around. Can they support this? Can they support a larger league? Because eventually they're going to have to expand. Well, the people support it. It's, that's really where they're going to get. Will the fans watch it? I mean, I think the fans are going to watch it just because of all the drama that's been going on. They might tune in to see what it's all about. But we'll see if if the fans pick it up because ultimately, if you're not getting any viewers, then you're probably not gonna be playing. That's true. That's fair. Yeah, I didn't watch any of the uh, first day today. Um, I think it's so it started. It's in London, so I think it started around like nine a.m. this morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll tune in this weekend. I gotta figure out how to watch it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still golf. It's not gonna be like anything crazy. But yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting, though. I, I'm kind of enjoyed being able to cover it week by week because yeah. it seems like every week we get... Get something new. A bombshell of information. Yeah. And it's always been on, like, the day or day before it'll be recorded, so it's kind of fun. But yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, very I did see that, um, and I mentioned this to you when I first showed up because I know he's your guy, but Ricky Fowler is all but committed mm. to this new league. So he might be the next big name to go. I hope um, not. I hope not. Which would support the change of scenery. Yeah, definitely. Because we he's, he's one of those guys. That he's he's yeah. one of those guys that has been struggling for the past few years. And so 
it would seem like, hey, maybe a change of scenery um, would help boost the game. Um, that would support that argument for sure. But yeah. I hope not. I hope he stays in the PGA, keeps grinding it out. I would um, love to see him make a comeback. Oh, yeah, that'd be that'd so, be so, in the so PGA, awesome. But yeah. that might not happen. We'll see. Yeah. Um, just some notable finishes. So the f- round one. Um, took place today as I mentioned um, they actually paired Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson together and they both finished tied for 7th at 1 under par mm. um, they were the only two big recognizable names that I know of um, yeah I'm looking over them now I don't recognize anybody else Sam Horsfield sounds familiar but I might just be off my rocker <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so we'll see if they uh, continue to play well um very interesting. Yeah. It's weird. So I I I'm just having a hard time. I just thought about this. Like when you give up your PGA, like you're giving up masters. You're giving up PGA championships. You're giving Are you up, giving up masters? Yeah. Really? That's a yeah. It's Oof. and I think unless it's the US Open, like every event is I don't want to say PGA owned, but PGA owned PGA ran, essentially yeah. the USGA runs the US Open just because it's That's open true. you know technically anyone can make right, it in right, right. um huh very <laughs> interesting yeah mm. that a... seems crazy to me to give up such great events and traditions for I know. a dollar bill yeah but 200 million of them yeah yeah I did see um I don't know if this changes with suspensions but Phil actually retained his PGA membership card I don't know if that's changed since then, but hmm. because he quit, he can't be, like, basically, I'll quit so you can't fire me type of deal. Interesting. So, I don't know. That'd be something to look into, but yeah. I don't have any other details on that. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. But, but hot Phil, topics. Phil got the it. guys together, though. He started all this. He did. He, he did. did. That's for sure. But... Interesting stuff. But, hey, don't forget to go check out pensandaces.com. Get 10% off your order. Use our code. that's in the description below. Um, Yeah, we're, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with everybody's favorite quick draw. Alrighty, welcome back. It's time for everybody's favorite quick draw. Ba-ding, ding, da-ding. Steve, what are we quick drawing? Yes, so today, to wrap up this episode, we are going to be quick drawing. Um, we'll call it your favorite post-game meal mm-hmm. from your days of playing your respective sports. So, um, yeah, if you used to be an athlete, think back to what you used to like to eat after a game. Yep. Maybe it felt good after a win. Maybe it was comfort food after a loss. We have ours. Mm-hmm. Kyle. Yes. Your favorite post-game meal. My win or favorite loss. post-game meal, win or loss, is wings. Oh. Um, there's nothing like a Friday night basketball game. Win or lose, team goes out, you get some wings. There's probably some basketball on on the TV. Everyone's mm-hmm. just hanging out, chillaxing, maxing, eating some wings. Um, to me, nothing beats a good team outing for some wings, maybe at your local Buffalo Wild Wings, although it seems like they're on the decline. Yes. Um, I feel like Buffalo Wild Wings back in the day was popping, so and it was so good. Yeah. Definitely on the decline these days, it seems. Um, But, yeah, a good team meal to get some wings or pizza. I just kind of like team meals Yeah, after a game or after a season, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say wings, though. Yeah, so s- sidetrack. Um. The one team meal that you guys went on on that basketball tournament. Yeah. What was it? The Quiznos? Oh, man. It's a very interesting story there. Zeros. Oh, zeros. <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was, I don't know, maybe an, how far? It was an, like an hour away, I think. Um, there was a little Christmas tournament that we were playing in, and this school was out in the middle of nowhere, literally. It's an hour away, and you just are driving straight through the woods the whole time. Um, and a zero subs was just on the side of the road. I don't even know if zero subs exists anymore. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd ever seen a zero subs before either. Um, but it was half a zero subs and half like bar. And there was also, 
like it was karaoke night or something. So because it was half zero subs and half bar, uh, you had like in the lobby of the zero sub, not lobby, like the dining room of the zero subs, um, people singing karaoke and, and then on the other side of this like glass wall type deal, uh, there was like a pool table and like some <laughs> old like Pac-Man games and <laughs> it was a very interesting place. Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Check out the zero subs. Okay. <laughs> or don't. Yeah. <laughs> That is very interesting. Um, okay, so my favorite post-game meal, uh, pretty basic, but it would always be after like a little league game, mm. and even continued into high school as well. But Chick Fil A. Oh, I was. I don't know why. That's the, that's so. That was a thought in my mind. You did. You did take mine. I was gonna say wings, but Chick Fil A oh. next best thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it. It it was so good after a game. Yeah, I don't I'm know actually why. picturing in my head right now. Yeah, me going through the drive-through after a game. Yeah, and then the lemonade on top of it. It mm. just it was so good. There's never so, yeah. a lemonade guy at Chick Fil A. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Always just like a coke. Gotta or get something. on that. Yeah. Oh no. What? You can't go to. Oh, you can't go to Chick Fil A and get soda. It's either sweet tea or lemonade. Dang. Sweet tea or lemonade. Strong opinions. Oh, no. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, Chick Fil A was always the go-to meal. Chick-fil-A um, for me is a go-to meal any day of the week, anytime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can eat it every day. But yeah, it just it it always tasted the best. Wings and Chick-fil-A good. hits the spot. That was both of our top twos. Yeah. Hey. I chose I thought consistent's good. I thought maybe Yeah, I don't know. Both of our top twos. I was never like a stereotypical, you know, team goes out to Pizza Hut afterwards. Yeah. Like I I don't think I ever did a pizza thing after after a game. Yeah, the only time I actually That's yeah, a Hollywood I think thing. you might be right. Actually, no. A co- after a couple of baseball games, I went out to Anna's Pizza. Ah, classic spot. Good spot. But hey, Good spot. What's your favorite team meal? Let us know. Let Steve, us know. Tell the people where they can find us on social media. Yeah, so go over to Waterboys Podcast on Instagram or the Waterboys on Facebook. Give us a follow. Check us out. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, and then also rate us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear all the feedback. And then uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor to get our weekly episodes. And, um, yeah, just to stay on top of what we are bringing to you guys each week. Um, and we'll continue doing so. For so, show, for show. Yeah. Steve, it's been a great episode. We hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Yeah.